Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday morning service. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Amazing that the computer is allowing us, you, to be a part of this uh, service around the world. And everybody and their mama are now tuning in for the Bond Sunday morning services, and I absolutely appreciate it. I'm Jesse Peterson, by the way. If you'd like to be a part of it, if you'd like to participate in the, in the service, you can call 1-800-411-BOND, 1-800-411-2663. You can also email us and put your name in town, name in town on your emails, uh, church at bondinfo.org, church at B-O-N-D-I-N-F-O dot O-R-G, and put your name in town. And it has to be related to the subject of today. You know, not, nothing off the wall, but it must be related in order for me to respond to your email or phone calls today. All right. Uh, good morning to all you guys, everybody here. Thank you guys for being here. I am happy to be back. I was away on a, at a conference, a uh, black uh, Republican national conference. And I don't like the fact that we have a black Republican thing. It needs to be just one, but hopefully that will change one day. Um, I can hardly wait to get into the subject matter today. But first, anybody have any questions about last week or did you have a life this week? Do you have any questions for me? Anything that I need to uh, answer for you? Anybody had a life in the last two weeks? No life. It's amazing that you guys go through everyday life and nothing happens. <laughs> you had a life. Yeah. Or do you have a question? Well, uh, I did have a li uh, life. I just want, uh, I just want to say, uh, say, uh, say it, um, that every, uh, every experience we, uh, we take, I guess every experience we, uh, we have in our life, we, we shouldn't really take for granted. Are you talking about your life or everybody else? My uh, my yeah. life. Just that the, um, my experience, as small as it is, shouldn't be taken for gra uh, granted. It's just to me, it's a very uh, very uh, slow. In my case, very slow learning process, learning and growing process to show what kind of a person I truly am. And how do you know it's slow? Because I'm a very stubborn, uh, stubborn person to oh, start. Yeah. Oh, okay. You understand it. So you just have to suffer then? For a season, I guess. You like suffering? No. You don't like suffering. So why don't you let go and let life? I would have to tr uh, trust something bigger than me. And I'm not a trusting, trusting or trustworthy person, a person as well. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. We'll just take your time. Hopefully you'll live long enough to overcome it, and uh, you'll get there. But it's good you see that you're a stubborn cannibal person. Isn't there a song called Stubborn Cannibal Fella? Yeah. Got my mind made up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think Marvin Gaye made that or somebody. Right, Marvin Gaye, I'm just a stubborn cannibal fella. You want to sing it for me, uh, duh, uh, duh? I don't remember all the words. Oh, OK. Yeah, stubborn cannibal fella. Anybody else have any questions or anything? Yes, ma'am. I was wondering about the tree of knowledge that they ate off of. Right. But I was wondering, it seems like the more knowledge you have, the more innocent you lose. And I was wondering, how can you keep your innocence and learn to? That's right. Knowledge is, it feeds the ego if you hold on to it. 
You know, it, it caused you to feel that you're God and that you don't really need him. It puffs you up. And uh, you see that a lot. And um, I see it a lot when I travel around to these different conferences that I attend. Uh, you know, there's a, a competition there. Everybody wants to be better than the next person. The intent is really not to help other people, but to show how smart you are. And it seems as though the more education you have, the more it puffs up your ego. You know, the pride that set you apart from God. Now, if you could gather knowledge and then let it go so understanding can come, you'll be fine. But the problem is most people cannot let it go. And that's where the problem is. Yeah. Anybody else? Any other questions? Yes, sir. I just wanted to, uh, I would like for you to follow up on what we talked about before, about being neutral and uh, what went on last Sunday. Um, I'd rather do that at another okay. time because right. I didn't really hear the whole story. Yeah, that's true. And so, but, uh, but we can deal with it at some point. Okay. Yes, sir. Just to follow up on the knowledge question. Yes. It seems to me as though as you're learning things, if you kind of are unconsciously learning it, yeah. you just kind of suck up knowledge. You do. But there's, there's a requirement to, when you're getting knowledge, to watch the knowledge coming in. Because there's certain knowledge that you're picking up, but you kind of, if you don't balance that with some type of common sense, it's just crazy. You can just pull in any knowledge that doesn't make any sense at all. The best way to, 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 to deal with knowledge is never hold on to it. When you're reading or when you're preparing yourself, just let it go in one ear and out the other. Never, ever, ever, but never try to hold on to it. And if you don't hold on to it, then it can't puff you up. The problem is people hold on to it. They've been taught to hold on to it. You know, read to remember. Study hard so you can remember. And that's why it messes with your ego. But if you let it go out in one ear and out the other, don't hold on to it, you have a teacher within, and he will cause you to remember things when you need to know it. And then, and then understanding can come in and take over from that. I think the knowledge is tied in for me with um, not just pride, but also terms of things that I want. So there's a tendency to want to, to, to want to hold on to it. Yeah. Because of trying to get something from knowing the knowledge, you can get money or you can get... But that's still money. pride though. People who want things are prideful people because they go after what they want. And God said we don't have to be concerned about our needs. Don't worry about what you want. You don't even know what you want. He said that if you seek first the kingdom of God in his right way, he will add those things unto you. Now, and that means that, you know, you seek him first, you get up and go to work, you save your money, you do the right thing, you'll look around, all of your wants and needs will be met automatically. But if you're into wanting something, you, you are a prideful person. Isn't that something? So if you go out and, and let's say you want to go out and, I don't know, learn how to uh, find out how to buy homes at a discount or something. Right. And then, you know, there's a certain amount of stuff that somebody has... Somebody who's an expert on that has kind of gathered up stuff. Right. And you would naturally kind of go to them and see how they do it, and you would kind of learn what they did. So there's a certain amount of learning that takes place of, of reading and talking to people, understanding how they did what they did, so that because you want to do that. But it should be primary. Seeking God should still be first. Right. If you go and gather information like that and not let it be life to you, then you could get the information. But yet, seeking God would be first, and it's easier to uh, understand that information and move forward with it. 
you still have the take it and leave it attitude. So how do you put God first with that? Good question. How do you put God first? Um, somebody jump it up and down to answer that. <laughs> it's real easy to put him first. Real easy. Did you want to add to that? I was going to say, um, if you feel that you uh, say you want something, it's still uh, pride-based. But if you can deny yourself of that, you get something in place of that. And then you feel you really didn't need it after all. You won't want something that is not really going to fulfill you yeah. in the first place. And just to add to all that, yes, sir. Actually, um, you really have to want to put God first in your life and really make this the most important thing in your life to put God first. Uh, because otherwise. Uh, but how do you, his question is how do you put God first? Well, first You can't guy, say, come on, God, get up here. Yeah, you can't really. No, you know, if really. You can't if, yell at him and make him do it. No, no, I understand. <laughs> but, but you have to have a desire first, really. But how do you get the desire? Uh, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, life itself is such that uh, if you. I don't know how to really answer that, but let me, uh -huh. let me, give, it a, let me give it a stab at it. All okay? right. Make a long story short. Well, I mean, if you can, if you, if you can, yeah, make a long story short. If you look at yourself and see what you're doing and see that, you know, your life is not really working the way it's supposed to. He can't hear you. Life you're not, not sure, so you're your talking life is down. Not supposed to, your life is not working the way it's supposed to, and you can see the things that go wrong in your life, and then you start wondering, gee, you know, uh, you know, you start questioning, you start looking. And yeah, that's one way to find God. And then if you do find him, then you want to put him first. I mean, you want to put him first and make that the most important thing in your life. Did that help? He I, said no. It helps to some extent. It does? I mean, I, 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 there's a certain amount where you're kind of seeing where you're at and kind of like see where you're at and where you've done. And there's a certain part where you can kind of look and see what work, what's worked and what hasn't worked for you. Okay. So I, I don't think it's... Have you ever tried that? It, yeah. Did it work? I didn't think so. Uh, <laughs> so pausing to make an answer and saying, uh, no, no, I think no, I don't think it is the, the, the full answer though, because it doesn't seem to change the whole situation. It's amazing how this is so easy, but our egos in the way, and it just makes it so difficult. Can that I add is, something? It's so easy to do what you're asking. Can I just add but something? But the pride won't let you see it. Yes. Because when, when we look at our lives, you know, we make so many things important in our life. We yes. really do. Right. Okay? And, uh, a life apart from God, you have to find something to be important. Yeah, and see, that's what really keeps us from right. putting Him first. Okay. Because we have so many things that are so important in our lives that uh, God isn't the most important thing in our that's life. That's true. See? Did that help? Well, what John's saying. I understand in terms of how you kind of look at things. I've looked at certain things in my life and see certain things that aren't quite right. So I can see that, but yet it's not enough to have a perfect life. And so have you been able to put God first? I don't think so. All right. I don't think so. This young lady and this young man and somebody else wanted to help you real fast. Yes, ma'am. You had your hand, right? Yeah. Yes. I was just wondering if, uh, if when you... Is God stop. first in your life? Excuse me? Is he first in your life? Well, I think uh, I want him to be. Is he? 
on a lot of things he is because I feel no conflict when I do it and when I don't do. And so how do you put God first? Uh, I always say if it's your will. I'm sorry? If it's your will to come above and, and I don't fight it and try to make it happen, I just whatever. Okay. Yes, sir. Morris, you had your hand. I was just going to say that the, the pain that you feel from an egotistical existence is God's way of telling you you're going in the wrong direction. Right, but how do you put it first? You get tired of the pain and you go in another direction. Did that help? Uh, I've got a pretty high threshold for pain. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to someone over the weekend who intentionally did something to create pain. <laughs> they didn't do the right thing, they did something that created pain in their life so they could learn. I'm like, you don't need to create your own pain, it will come on its own. <laughs> There's no need to create pain, believe me. Um, yes, ma'am. Guessing, but is it? Um, You're guessing. Stop. Yeah, I'm guessing. So God is not first in your life. <coughs> no. You're not going to win a prize by guessing. Well, what, my <laughs> thing is, would it be stop resenting the truth? Wrong guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Real fast. Okay. Uh, in that show. Is God first in your life? Uh, no, he isn't. Well, you don't know how to do it then. Uh, in a nutshell. Okay. In a nutshell. <laughs> You know, uh, you put God first because uh, when you realize you haven't put Him first in your life, when you, uh, I guess it's like for realizing, realizing a mistake, a mistake you make or, um, <coughs> or a decision, a mistake or a decision you made, you made, and you realize why you made it in the first place. So, if you believe that to be true, why have you done it? Uh huh. Uh, because, uh, because you put uh, put yourself. Not first. you, you. If you think that, if you believe that is true, why have you done that? Because I, uh, because like I said before, I'm, I'm a weak, stubborn person. So you're weak, stubborn. You you believe that that's how you get God in your life, but you still are not willing to do it. Whenever what's I, the point of knowing it if you're not going to do it? If that's true. I do, uh, okay. I maybe am. Uh, I probably don't know. I have problems doing it as well. Right. I probably don't know how to do it as well. Or maybe you don't know what you're talking about. What? <laughs> <laughs> Is it possible that you don't know what you're talking about? Possibly. Oh, okay. Uh, Miss, I want to wake up just a minute and tell us. And then you can go back to sleep. <laughs> I think it's all about suffering. It seems like to me, over, over the years of suffering, it seems like I'm starting to see it, but I don't really have the full picture yet, so I can't really answer that question. Okay, you can go back to speak now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, you want, yes ma'am, you have God in your life first? Not always. Not always, sometimes. Sometimes. Okay, and how do you put God first? And how do you give up your ego without God? Um, you give up your ego by what Angie said. You watch moment by moment what you're doing and 
you see yourself rise up to get mad and then you know it's wrong and you live like that. And, and why is your husband frowning at you speaking? Okay. And so if that's true, why don't you do it all the time? Because I have a big ego. Oh, you do? Okay. So you still have an ego. Last person. You had your hand, right? Is Again. God first in your life? I think he is. You're not yeah. sure? Yeah, I am, because I'll tell you and what. how do you put God first? Comes, I don't put him first. He puts himself, like, he too kind of favors when I deny myself of this world or, uh, for example, my things, my way. I think I get rewarded. He rewards me that way. Will you deny yourself? Yes. Uh, give me an example of something that you deny. The false self, for example. Uh, things, that, compulsive things, uh, things I want that I really don't need. Uh, things of the ego nature, that false nature, you don't really need them to be able to identify what's real and what's not real. Oh, okay. And, uh, Alright. The, the way to put God first in your life is to admit that He is not first. That's all you have to do. When you can admit that He is not first in your life, He shall be first. The problem is the pride, the ego, will not let you admit that. So if you can truly see that he's not first in your life and admit it, then he shall be first. That's all it takes. Yeah. You got to come out of me now. Isn't that simple? See how we're going around the roses with all these answers? And all you have to do is see the problem with most people is that they cannot admit that they're wrong. That is the problem. If you can admit you're wrong, then you shall be right. But we're, we can't admit it. And that's why I think some people go in and out with God being first. They're all right with this situation, yeah, you know, but in the next situation, they're not admitting that they're wrong. They're still trying to resolve the problem. But if you can truly admit in your heart that you are wrong, then God shall be first. Yes, sir? Well, in a way, I can't give you the right answer because if you can see your suffering, then you can see you're wrong. I didn't say you gave you gave me the wrong answer. I told you to go back to sleep now. <laughs> Does that help to know that? If you can admit you're wrong, then he shall be first. That's what changed my whole life. He allowed me to see, or he caused me to see, that I was wrong. That I was playing God with my own life. Judging myself and judging others. You know, in denial. He caused me to see that, and once I saw it and didn't resent seeing it, my whole world changed. And that's all that it takes. That's all, you know, Adam, he denied. He did admit that he was wrong. Yes, I'm wrong, we'll do it. Because it's a spiritual thing, and there's nothing of yourself you can do about it. All the learning and all this talking and all this stuff won't do it. When you can admit you're wrong, he shall be first. It's so simple, huh? Yes. Yeah, it's just real simple. Yes, sir? I see what you're talking about because for many years uh, I saw what was wrong with me, but I hated it and I got real depressed and it kept me in a, yeah. a real dark place. I mean, I clearly saw what was wrong. Then, you know, finally after. Well, you didn't put it first because you wouldn't admit that you were wrong. Right. Yeah, that was a kind of a denial. The, yeah. the hate itself of seeing it was kind of like saying, don't show it to me. I don't want to yeah. see when it. When you hate seeing yourself, then you're not admitting that you're wrong. Right. The fact is, we are no good. 
We're no good. But after, let every man consider himself a liar. After plenty of suffering, um, when my conscience would show me things, you know, I started to just just admit it, just see it. And yeah, that I see what's wrong, and just that's it. And it's like no big deal. Yeah. And all the little things they would show me, I would just admit it. And the, and it's gone. Yeah. You know, it's like it doesn't. It, and and it's a continu, you know, it was a continual thing, and that's really where my life really started to change a lot. Where I was, you know, now you can to, admit that you're wrong. You shall be free. Don't resent seeing yourself as you are. That's the problem. Yes. That's true. Um, but you know, my my error has always been to admit to certain wrongs, but not to actually, I, I, I've not been blessed until recently to see that my wrong isn't just in the moment and just in this situation, this situation, this situation, and what I did or what I didn't do, but my whole nature about me is corrupt. Yeah, very good point. And there's nothing I can do to change that. That's right. You know, um, no amount of looking, no amount of suffering, no amount of nothing you know, can change my nature. Do you guys understand that? Yeah, You're not just yeah. wrong with one situation and right with this situation and then wrong with this situation. You're wrong, period. Your whole nature is wrong. And that's what people can't see. And again, let me say this to you, you can't even make yourself see that. You have to ask him to allow you to see yourself. Because if you try to see yourself, you're not going to see yourself fully. Yeah, you admit that you're a liar. I do lie once in a while. <laughs> I do cheat once in a while. You're not going to allow yourself. Your pride will not allow you to see yourself as you are. He got to show that to you. You got to ask him to let me see myself as I am and then drop it. And one day, you walk, you know, for me, I remember asking this question. You know, like, you know, God, let me see myself. Let me see myself as I am, right? And I forgot I asked the question. <laughs> so I'm getting up one morning all in the mirror doing my thing. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I just saw a dark, dark person. It's like my, my, my physical self faded away, and I saw a dark, burnt-out person. And I'm like, wow. It blew my mind, but it set me free. Because I had never seen myself fully like that. He allowed me to see it, and that's what changed my mind. That's what caused me to see. And I'm not just, you know, I wasn't just a liar here and there. Everything about me was a lie. But I couldn't see that whole no good person. You cannot do it of yourself. Just because we say it here, and now you're going to go out saying, oh, let me see myself. Oh, yeah, I'm a liar. That's not going to do it. It's a spiritual thing. You cannot do anything of yourself, so you have to ask him to let me see myself. And when you do, you shall go free. Isn't that amazing? Of yourself, you can do nothing. And I think that's why some people think that they're going in and out of it. Because, yeah, they didn't lie about the candy on the stove, but they lied about cheating on their husband or wife. You know, and they say, well, I'm in and out of it. You're not. Yes, sir. I see about myself that I have really bad is I, I tend to believe I can learn anything and then do something. Right. I'm not saying I can't learn anything, that's a bad thing in and of itself. Right. But it's bad because it's my savior. 
um, I use learning to get something. I can learn how to do this so I can get, do this and get money, or I can learn how to do this and get some some physical thing I can get from it. Yeah. And so I always feel like, you know, life's not quite enough complete unless I can do this, and here's my ticket to do it. I'll learn how to do it and do it, and then I'll and then I got a pot of gold at the end of the race. It's a setup. Yeah. It's all pride. One thing I realized about myself when he allowed me to see that I never understood before, there is a me and a not me. There is an ego me that controls my flesh. You know, I hear a lot of Christians say, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You ever heard that? Well, the flesh is subject to the ego. And the ego controls how you think and feel and what you do. And then that's the part that I could not see about myself. Because I was so one with it. I had heard about the ego, but I had not been separated from it. Now I can see my ego when it's at work. I can absolutely see it. And it's something else to see that there's something else that's controlling your fleshly being, making you do the things that you don't want to do. Isn't that amazing? There's another identity, another spirit, and it's not you. I was talking to a young man this morning who says that, he could walk into a store to buy something, a product. He says to himself, I'm going to the store and I'm going to get this hammer, a screwdriver, right? And he'll walk into the store and all of a sudden his ego just started talking to him. This is the wrong one. Try this one. How about that one? You know, he, had this, he has this major conversation with himself and he ends up walking out of the store with nothing. Or if he should buy something anyway, he'll take it home and his ego says to him, it's the wrong one. You should have gotten something cheaper. Or this is not going to work. And he get frustrated and take it back to the store. Isn't that amazing? It's all ego. that not you that causes you to do the things that you don't want to do. And what God would do, because you can't do it of yourself, he would separate you from that so you are not controlled by that. And that's what Paul was talking about. The things he wants to do, he can't. And the things he can do, he don't. He doesn't. And he realized that it's not him, but something else is controlling him. And that's what's going on today. The good thing is Jesus has come and saved us from it, but we just don't know it. We are saved from it already. We don't have to be a part of it. That's the good news. The question is, how do we get, how do we become separated from the lie, but not us? A lot of people say, well, I'm going to be that way until I die. No man is perfect. You know, when I die, then I can have it. That's another setup. You can have it now. I wouldn't want to wait until I die. You know, you can have it right now. Isn't that amazing? Um, you have a question, a phone call? Yeah. Okay. You want to come closer and read it? Yeah, I can, I can read it. Okay, come on down, sir. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Charlotte had um, an answer for the question, um, how do you put God first? Okay, what's the answer? Well, she had a three-step process. Uh, no three step here. <laughs> and what are the three steps? Charlotte from where? Where's she call from? Uh, I forgot to ask her. Okay. Sorry about that. You're fired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay. <laughs> okay, what are the three steps? Well, the first step is start the morning by saying thank you to God for waking me up. Wrong. <laughs> what do you want me to do today? Wrong. <laughs> How can I help others and be a blessing to them? Wrong. And armor yourself with his words. Wrong. That's the first step. That's the first step? Yeah. <laughs> I thought over all the three steps. 
What's the second step? The second step is put everything in its hands and die to yourself. Wrong. Right, but, but the and first step messed that up. <laughs> All right. And then the third step, put your problems at his feet. Don't try to solve things uh, by yourself and be humble. That's right, but the first step voided all that out. That's oh. it? Yeah, that's... She, want, she actually wanted to talk on speakerphone. Uh, I wasn't sure if that would work. It wouldn't. Okay. Thank you. Right. I appreciate it. Thank you, Charlotte, but all wrong. But yet right. Now, let me tell you another thing about reality, all right? When you are separated from this, not you, this ego thing, there, are, there is no such thing as problems. They do not exist. Only an egotistical driven person think that they have problems. No such thing as problems. How many people doubt that? Nobody doubt it? If you're on skid row, you're in a perfect place to take a look at yourself and overcome it. You have nothing to lose anyway, so why not die from your ego? You know what I mean? <laughs> Everything that happens to us is an opportunity. It's just an issue. It's a challenge. It's a, it's a situation that allows us to come closer to God. Really, to cry out to him, to trust him. That's all that it is. But if you're an angry, egotistical, driven person, then you think it is a problem because that not you're going to tell you, you got a problem. And you're going to believe the lie, and now you have a problem. Isn't that amazing? It's a setup. It's a lie. Your pride lies to you, and it sets you up to suffer unnecessarily. Christ has already come so that we don't have to go through this stuff anymore. But the problem is, how do we get there? How do we get to this life that I'm talking about? You don't have a problem, folks. It's a lie. And then he makes you go out there and do something to add on to your problem. Now you got a serious problem. That's what they call it next. Now you have to go see the doctor. You know, just one thing to another. Because he's causing you to create your own hell on earth. Isn't that amazing? And let me just say this to you. For me to know this, because I'm a dummy. I was thinking this morning, I don't even know why God would, because I'm, I'm not, I'm pretty screwed up on my own. <laughs> I really am. I'm not like this. Um, I'm, I'm like you guys. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, it's something else how he, God, has given me this life. Really. And it's not because I'm wonderful at all. I'm just a simple person who it's weird. I really am pretty weird. I'm kind of boring when, really, when I'm not doing my work. You really don't like being around me. I'm not that great. And if he could allow me to see and move forward, he would do it for anybody that would really seek after him. It's not a, it's not a big deal. You know, you don't have to be special. You just have to have a sincere heart. You want to know him. That's all it really takes. Isn't that amazing? You don't have to go to college. You don't have to compete with your fellow man. You just be you. And that's all it takes. And I have the best life because of him. And the life that I have is nothing that I would have planned of myself. I could not plan my life because I didn't have sense enough to plan this life. I wanted a life. I'm sorry, what's your first name again? Alphon. Alphon, I'm sorry, man. You want to shoot me. 
I wanted a life like Al Fun. A nice apartment, <laughs> lots of women, <laughs> a red BMW, and let mama pay my bills. That's the only life that I wanted. <laughs> Isn't that right, Al Fun? I can't hear you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Does that life work? Works. It does? Yeah. Mama pay your bills? No. So it doesn't work? I said that life would work for me. That's not the life I'm living for. Oh, it would work if she paid the bills? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, buddy. I understand it. And that's what I thought I was going to have. A closet full of clothes, a little red Mercedes, and a lot of women. I wanted a house so I could have a major party every week. I did not know I could have this life. I had heard about it, partly heard about it, but I didn't know. And the thing about it, what I do in life is what he created me to do. I don't even make it up. Don't have to work at it. Don't have to think about it. And it's in all of us to do that. It's in us all to do that. But you got to um, allow him to show you your ego, your pride, so you can die away from it and have a life. And it's real easy if you're willing to let it go. It's just simple. When you lay down that prideful life, this other life becomes available. You can now see it and live it. Isn't that amazing? Did I see a hand over here? Yes, sir. I was going to say, um, I've been hung up for years trying to even up the score. Because there are scriptures that kind of lead you that way. Um, doing this covers a multitude of sin. Doing right. this covers a multitude of sin. So you're like, okay this will cover this week's sin, you know, if I do this kind of good, or I told the truth here, that kind of bounced out the lie there. Yeah. And you're living, man, that's, that's, that's rough. And after a while, uh, you're not doing enough good to keep up with all that stuff. And, it's too and, much uh, work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, like the lady that just called in with all these stuff you need to take, you don't need to take but one step. And that is to admit you're wrong. To see that you're wrong. That's the only step you need to take. And then everything else will start work. He will work it out. Because of ourselves, we know nothing, and we can do nothing of ourselves. So all these seven guarantee step things, don't worry about them. All right, let go. You had your hand like a year ago. Did you forget your question? Well, no, but I, you were talking about something different. You were talking about knowledge and, and pride back then. Right. That's not what you're talking about now. Oh, OK. Did you have a question about knowledge? Well, I, yeah, I was just going to say, do you want to change the subject back to that? Well, if you just have a short question. Well, I was just going to say that, that, that the world uh, often requires that. The, the, uh, the lady was talking earlier about her son who had just taken a test for the, the bar exam. Yes. And there's other kinds, you know, if you get a, want to be a, a real estate broker or whatever, you know what, they, they require that you learn this knowledge. You have to jump through those hoops to do that. Right. So. Well, let me just say, now there's nothing wrong with learning things, but it's your relationship with it. I'm saying learn, but let it fly away. Don't hold on to it for dear life. And the young man that's uh, uh, from Bonn that took his uh, bar exam, he has an understanding about that. He went to law school. He was able to hold on to what is right within himself 
and not give it away or sell it off for the knowledge that they were cramming down his throat. So if you're able to do that, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with learning. But again, don't identify with learning. And so that the understanding will come. And you have to learn things. You know, if you want to build a house, you've got to learn how to build a house, right? You can't go out there with insight and just build a house. There's some stuff to it. But it doesn't become your God. It, doesn't, it shouldn't become your Savior. So that's the difference. And a lot of people, because of the pressure, and a lot of these schools, they don't know how to resist that falling into it like that. It's how you, it's how you relate to it. Yes. So, so, for instance, if you, if you had to learn a bunch of facts and knowledge to pass a test to get a license. Yes. Yeah, memorize all the stuff that you don't want to memorize and put it in your head, but you got to do it because you got to pass the test. But you don't have to store it up in your head either. What is so beautiful about this life I'm talking about, you can study for the test. If you put in the time, you're going to know the answers. When you sit down to do the test, the answers will come back to you. Yeah, but a lot of those tests are just, just having memorized certain facts. Yes. A lot of them are, but what yeah. I, the, the thing is, if you, just, if, you, if you know it's like a hoop that you've got to jump through to go through, you just, go, you just do it, but you don't let it puff you up. Right. If you did that, then it's okay. You, you don't jump through the hoop. You just follow the procedures, do what you need to do, and move on. Keep it simple. That makes sense? Yeah. All right. Uh, did you have your hand? Yeah. Yes, sir. It's so hard to believe that it's so simple. That's the problem. I, I, keep, I keep, you know, I know it, and then the next thing you know, later in the day, I forget, and I get involved in what I'm doing, and I've got to get this task done, and next thing I know, my, you know I'm getting impatient, I'm not going to make enough money, but then I... Later, I remember that, wait a minute, you know, don't push. There's a life that is set before me, and I, I just, it's just hard to believe that it's so simple. Uh, don't freak out over that. Just know you don't know, and just know you know what you know. You're in and out right now. You're tripping. No big deal. Allow yourself to trip. Don't take it personally, because when you take it personally, you're feeding your ego, and it's hard for God to come in and help you. But, you know... Just see Does that, that make sense, though? I'm sorry? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the problem is you're taking it too personally. You don't just see it. It's enough to see that you're wrong, but it's wrong to judge yourself for being wrong. It's enough to see that you don't see, but it's wrong to judge yourself for not seeing. You're still playing God, preventing him from taking over. Well, it's enough to see, you know what, I'm in it, obviously. I, I thought I knew it, now I'm stressing out over money. Yeah. And just see it. Be, and admit it, and that's all it takes. And it'll start to change by itself. It sure does. And then, yeah. and then it goes well, and, and I see that the thing that I thought went wrong actually turned out to my benefit. That's right. And, and then I remember, and I go, oh, that's it. And I'm getting better at it. I mean, last night we broke down. I don't think we were going to make it here. And the next thing I knew, I... Uh, well, with all these girls, you guys could have pushed the trucks. <laughs> <laughs> you could have pushed to California. My, I, my cousin was in town. I got to go visit with her last night, and it was really neat. Yeah. So something that I thought was bad was actually good. We made it here anyway. We were early. We were the first ones here. See you there? So Don't trip out. In the time of trouble, stay calm. In the time of trouble, stay calm. And the answer is right there. Exactly. If you freak out, you lose. That's right. You know, I, I had to take a cab from my <coughs> hotel to the airport the other day, and the people downstairs had told me it was going to cost $55 one way. 
and I'm very cheap, right? So I'm trying to figure out how am I going to get to this airport without paying $55 in a cab. So I call up Doug, my assistant, I'm like, Doug, how do I get the blue bus to the airport? It's like $15. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't find a phone number. And so finally I said, you know what, forget it. I'll just have to pay the $55. <laughs> so I get in the cab the next morning. I go out and wait out in the cab and get it in. And this guy get me to the airport in 15 minutes, and it cost $22. I'm like, how did you get me here so fast, and why is it so cheap? He said he took the short route, and that's why it's so cheap. But because I really, you know, let go and have to let whatever happened happen, it works out. It worked out the other way for me. When you let go, when you don't freak out, the answers are always there. You may not see them right there, but they are there for you. The problem is most people freak out right away. And then when you freak out, you go into your ego. You go into darkness, and you can't see. That's right. Isn't that amazing? Don't freak out. Stay calm. Be still and know God. And there's an example in the Bible about that. God was in this little boat with uh, the disciples, and they were all loving him. Well, Jesus was, right? And they were like, you know, Jesus, you're so cool. You know, right on. We feel so safe. <laughs> You've been sent by God. You're so wonderful. You know, praise the Lord. We believe in you. You're tough. So Jesus took a nap. And when he went to sleep, a storm came and the boat started shaking and rattling and rolling, right? And they started screaming, oh my God, we're going to die. We're going to, wake up, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> You're over here napping while we're about to die. And Jesus woke up and said, you know what, shame on you guy. You have no faith. You sat here before I took a nap, praised me and talked about how wonderful I am. And I'm all this and all that. When had you stayed calm, you could have told the ocean to be still. But no, you freak out and come back to me. You have the same thing in you that's in me. But you don't know it because you keep freaking out every time a situation comes. And that's how most people are today. They'll quote the Bible until the cows come home. <laughs> and as soon as the situation comes, they're cussing you out, running for cover. Have you noticed that? When you truly know him, you cannot freak out. You have no choice but to be still and know him. Let it work out. And it will, it will, it will, it will work out. That makes sense? Yes, sir. And I want it to make more than just sense. I want you to grab hold of this. And don't just put your faith in anybody or anything. Just... It can work. Just watch the doubt. Don't worry about the belief. Because when you doubt the doubt, you have faith. You can't make yourself believe. Because it becomes a, a, your nature. It becomes his nature. And his nature is faith, is love, and peace. And it becomes the way it is, you know. You don't have to convince yourself to believe. You don't even have to remember to believe. Because when you're born into his nature, then his nature is that of faith. Just like you're in your prideful nature, which is the nature of doubt. You can't help but doubt because that's your nature. But once you overcome that, you can't help but have faith without thinking about having faith. You can't convince yourself. You can't get up in the morning, look at the wall and say, I'm wonderful, I'm great. I have faith. You know, uh, praise the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to do today? And uh, if the Lord told you what to do, you're not going to do it. <laughs> 
I used to do that. Lord, what you want me to do today? <laughs> and every time you put something before me, I get mad. <laughs> this is too hard. <laughs> Why this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just want to, when you can doubt the doubt, you shall have faith. You believe back into faith. That's it. just that simple. All right. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Okay. Just one, uh, just one interesting uh, no, uh, thing I observed. Uh, are you, you were aware of that we had an earthquake, a, a hurricane around this area a couple um, weeks ago? Yes. Okay. When, uh, when I felt, uh, felt it, I, I was just aware of it, and I, and to my surprise, I didn't show any fear. Since I, uh, but then, since I'm a native here, I'm used to it. You didn't run out of your desk or anything? No. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you better get out of that desk. <laughs> God's going to say, when you get to heaven, at the white gate, he's going to say, well, I put a desk there for you, but you sat there. <laughs> well, actually, I was standing still. You sat there being aware. I was actually, I was, sta I was, sta I was standing still. Right. But, uh, but had that roof falling on your head. If that roof fell on my head. <laughs> yeah, but I understand your point. You didn't overreact to the situation. Yeah. Yeah. But there was one, uh, one unusual fa factor. When I came home, I expected damage, but there was a uh, there was a burnout light uh, light, uh, light in my uh, light in my room, and for some reason it was on. It probably stood still too. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, yes. Uh huh. Scott, my son was taking the bar exam when the earthquake uh, came. And it was at like 11.42 in the morning. They had 20 minutes to go. And he said uh, that people started running and screaming out of the room, diving under desks. It was just mass chaos. And I said, well, did you learn anything when you took the bar exam? He said, yeah. He said, these people are supposed to be the smartest. And he said, they're crazy. They didn't react to uh, I mean, they couldn't. Yeah, they have fear. With all that knowledge, they still have fear. And the first, first emotion is to overreact, the first thought. I want, time is going by really fast, so I want, anybody disagree with, or any, any, some of you who are quiet here today, you disagree with anything that we have said so far? How about you? Tell me your first name again. Annalie. Annalie, I like that name. You don't disagree with anything? No. No. Do you overreact your first? Yes. You do, and, and why? Um, what I have found is that I, it's almost like I'm just waiting for the next bad thing to happen. Like I just don't have the faith that things will be all right. You're a very prideful person. Yes. You're very, have you ever admitted that, you know what, family, I'm a prideful woman. And I see that about myself. Have you ever admitted that? No, I don't think I've admitted the pride. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Is it embarrassing? I, I, it's, is it embarrassing to admit the pride? I don't know that I've ever thought about it. You know, I'll admit little things like, yeah, I overreacted to that. And, yeah. You know, uh, a couple weeks ago we had a party at our house and my husband was off doing all this weird stuff and I was getting all like this, you know. And then in the end it was all right anyway. So yes. I had to go to him and say, you know, I was really mad at you, but 
It worked out anyway. It does. So why was I mad? I don't understand it. Pride. So I've done it that way, but yeah, that I haven't come right out and said, oh my gosh, look how prideful I am. And did you know before today you were a very prideful person? Yeah, I probably did. Right. But nothing in you wanted to admit it. Right. Yeah. That's how the devil is. He doesn't want to be revealed because he loves living inside of you and getting life from your overreaction to life. That's how you feed him and keep him alive, yeah. by judging yourself and others. But you, if you want to uh, go free from that, you're going to have to admit it. Yeah. And don't worry about what someone else is going to say about it, think about it, or do about it. This is your salvation you're fighting for. Yeah. And, and then, you know what? You're private, you know what, family? I'm a messed up mother. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best I can do. I'm a prideful person. Are you a prideful person? You are? And how do you know that you are? I have a problem admitting anything. I just don't want to seem weak. I think I always try and... You don't want to seem weak? Yeah. yeah. I just try and stand out and be strong. And, and yet everybody around you can see that you're weak. Yeah. Did you know that? I think I, I knew that. Yeah. It's funny how we are deceived ourselves, but everybody around us can see what's going on. And they may not even tell us, but they see that we're weak when we are weak. Um, I had someone to tell me in the, at my family reunion that anger is good for you, that it's your protection. And you know, you're supposed to have some anger that protects you from the world. And I'm trying to explain to her it doesn't. It opens you up to the world. For the world to come in and just manipulate you and control you. And anger is of your prideful nature. It's not of God. But God, Jesus was angry. You hear that a lot, right? God was angry. I guess he, he tore down some, somewhere in Jerusalem. He did something. And they're using that to justify their anger. But that's not it. If you want to be a strong person, you have to be a person of love of love, of God's love, not emotional love, of love, someone that's honest and compassion for the other folks. And, and you're not thinking of yourself, but you're constantly thinking of others. You know, it's not about you, it's about someone else. That's where you can be strong. Why don't you let your anger go completely? How old are you now? 20. You're 20 already? Yeah. Don't ask my age. <laughs> <laughs> and why don't you let your anger go completely? I think I'm afraid to. Like, it's the only thing that's protecting me. It's protecting you? I think that's what I think. From what? Being hurt. Being hurt? But you are hurt anyway, even with your anger. You feel alone at times. You feel that no one loves you. Isn't that true? I can't hear. Yeah. Yeah. So you still feel alone, even with your anger. So you still hurt. It's not making you feel good. Have you noticed that? Yeah. So it's not working. So if it's not working, why hold on to it? I don't know. Had you thought about that? No. Yeah, I want you to think about it. That's where I'm throwing it out there. Uh, I, I want you to think about these things. You know, if anger is my protection, why do I feel so lonely? Why do I feel so unloved? Why am I so insecure? Why am I this? And, you know, uh, if anger was going to work, it would be working already. 
Perfect love works just like that. Once you let anger go, you have perfect love, which is of God. You have instant peace within. And it seems as though everything you need is already there. Like nothing is missing inside of you. That makes sense? Yeah. Who do you need to forgive? My family. I'm mostly my dad. Your dad? Yeah. But you need to forget a whole family? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we should just line them up and go one at a time. What do you need to forgive the whole family of, for or about? Picking on me as I was growing up. They picked on you? Yeah. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Did you pick on anybody in your family? Yeah. And so, <laughs> so they need to forgive you too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Are you mad at yourself for picking on them? Yeah. Oh, so you're mad at yourself for picking on your family? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> um, and so what kind of names, what type of names did they call you? Brad. Of things. I was called Big Head, Waterhead, <laughs> all kind of names when I was growing up. And I understand, you know, nobody's there to say, hey, don't take this personal, you know, it's not families do this, they don't mean any harm, so you start resenting it. Do you realize, you can't realize that they didn't mean any harm and just the way things are while you're growing up? Is it hard to realize that? Yeah. It is. When you would pick on them, I mean, if you could have done better, you would not have done that, right? Right. But you, at the time, you had no other choice, right? Right. Would you want them to hate you for that? No. Well, they feel the same way about you. They don't want you to hate them for something that the way it was. They all love you, but when you're growing up, we tend to treat each other that way. That makes sense? Yes. Do you know they love you? Yes, they do. But can you now understand that they couldn't help themselves? Yes. So why don't you, in understanding that, that should help you to forgive them. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. It does help? Yeah. Really? Yes. <laughs> Are you going to be able to let it go? Um, I'm going to try. Yeah. What do you resent your dad for? Not being there for me when I was little. It didn't really help me growing up or to learn things and I didn't feel like I really had a dad. You feel, I understand that feeling. That's a, the worst thing, the worst thing that can happen to a child, male or female, black or white, Mexican or, or Japanese or Afro-American, is to not have a father. And not just a working father, a father that would come home, spend some time with you, how you doing child, how was your day, Anything you need to talk about. And what happens is the child feels connected with the spirit of the father. And, and, and even if the father is poor financially, the fact that you are spiritually connected to your father is satisfying enough. But when you're not spiritually connected to him, even if he provides for you, you're still going to feel empty. Like he didn't love you. Because the real love is that spiritual connection. And that's what you were missing from your father. Because I know your father, I know he worked hard, I know he did, you know, provide it for you, but he wasn't there spiritually, and that's where the problem is. Have you talked to him about that? No. You've never gone to him to say what you just said? No. Why not? 
know. Does he seem hard to approach? Yeah. Your dad seemed hard to approach? <laughs> wow. I believe you. I'm not saying you because, you know, people one way on the outside and a different way in the household. I understand that. But it's hard to believe because he's been trying so, for so many years to do the right thing. Uh, what has he done to make you think that he's hard to approach about these things? Have you, I mean, does he yell at you? Did he yell at you or something or scare you or something? Yeah, he tends to get more mad at me than any other of my sisters. Really? Yeah. And why? Are you the old, You're not the oldest, right? No, I'm in what? the middle. You're in the middle. And so he get angrier at you than any other other sisters. That's what it feels like. Do the other sisters feel the same way? No? Do you think he treat her differently than he treat you guys? He, he used to treat me similar to the way he treats Macy. Oh, yeah? Um, but You're the oldest. I'm the oldest. Okay. And I kind of felt like I felt exactly like Macy does right now. Did you know she was feeling this way for these I reasons? Well, I, I've known just in the past year since I realized that I was that way. And I, um, uh, I know that I did a lot of things to get my dad to respond negatively. Yeah. I would push his buttons and I would try to make him angry and then it just eventually turned into I just felt like my dad didn't love me. Yeah. And then I realized it wasn't, it wasn't that he didn't love me, it's that he just didn't like me and who I was becoming and the way I was treating him. And I saw that and I was able to, you know, ask for forgiveness. <laughs> and now you feel closer to him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, why, since you guys are such a big family and all girls, all girls, why haven't you all gotten together and talked about your anger and how you feel about things? Because you would be surprised that everybody's feeling the same way. A lot of times you feel like it's just you feeling this way, and if you don't talk to your family members, you don't discover that you're not the only one feeling this way. Why haven't you guys gotten together and talked about your feelings toward your father? We do all the time. We, oh, oh, you do do it? Yeah, we do. And so you knew your sister was feeling this way? No, she doesn't ever talk. Oh. So you guys get together for this meeting, but she won't say anything. Yeah. He's so mean. Huh? She sits quiet in the corner and doesn't say anything. Really? And, and why is that? Is that true, first of all? Yeah, because I, when I start to say something, it um, feels like no one understands and they kind of don't listen, so I just stop saying anything. Oh, they don't listen to you? That's what it feels like. But do they listen or it just feels that way? I think it just feels that way. I think they really do listen. They do listen. And you like pouting over in the corner while they're trying to have this meeting? No. <laughs> <laughs> do you believe your sisters love you? Yes. Oh, you need to join in there and get it out. Don't let the devil, don't let your ego get in the way. Because your ego is trying to stay alive. So when everybody come together and say, hey, let's work this out. Let's talk about what we're feeling. It's going to tell you, they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to agree. Go sit in the corner and show them. And you follow that, and that's why you can't get better. That makes sense? Yes. Yeah. Um, what do you want to say about this? Um, Are you surprised to hear this? No. Uh, no, I knew. Everything she said that she didn't 
tell me, I don't know if she has or hasn't, but I, of course I know it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I know that, yeah, because she holds on, you know, and she sees my weaknesses still, and so that I hear her voices telling her that I'm that way. It reminds her of everything that I've done wrong through the years, and so she thinks that it's still that way, but we, uh, you know, as a family, we sit, we try to work these through. Every Sunday we sit down and we spend a lot of time together, so, you know, I, I'm not surprised. Um, he makes a good point. The one thing that anger does, um, it prevents you from seeing that a person has changed. When you resent someone for being wrong, and they go to you and say, you know what, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it, I would never do it again, they can change, but if you're still resentful of them, you can't see that they have changed. It, no matter, it doesn't matter what they do, they still look like the same person, and that voice is talking to you and saying, oh, they're just pretending, or they don't really mean it, or they have not changed. That's why you, God said you've got to forgive and then he'll forgive you so you can see clear. And you will see that the person has changed. So even if your father walk on water, if he got up every morning and took a cloud to work, and you were on that cloud with him, you would still think it's the same man. You got to forgive your father. You got to let it go so that you can be free and you can see things clear. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have gone to her and talked to her and tried to work this out, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, I do have a problem. She's right, and Rachel hit it, that, that they push my buttons, and I take it personally, and that I go into that, and then I have to catch myself because I get impatient or angry. angry. Yeah. And, but they're trying to push my buttons, and so it's like this thing, and I'm, so that is something One, that two, I have to overcome. Three, four, yeah. five, six. You're living in a house with sick women, right? Well, yeah, Which right, when she's three, married, four, so. Seven. Yeah. Seven. I'm surprised you have any buttons to push. <laughs> yeah, the dogs are both female too. So. Oh. Can you imagine waking up every day in a household with seven women? Do you drink? <laughs> I've been thinking about it. No, I don't actually. <laughs> Let me just say, as the father of the family, the head of your wife, a representation of Christ in the home, you cannot afford to be angry. Oh, absolutely. You, can't, you don't have room for it at all. Not in the least. And there shouldn't be anything that they can do to push your button. That's right. You shouldn't have any to push. That's right. So whatever your issues are, you need to drop them quickly. You really. And, and when they come up against you, you should be like a brick wall. I know. All honesty, be truthful, tell them the truth, but never, ever, ever react to them. Even if you're feeling it, don't show it. Yeah. Oh, that's it, what a father it's is. It's so much better now. I mean, is that normal to gradually get better? I mean, well, I, wish yeah. I, I wish I could be better overnight. Well, some people, you know, they have yeah. a big ego and take a little yeah. longer. That's right. But I, it's hard to believe. you are getting better. Oh, by leaps and bounds. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not, you know. But it is your responsibility to be Christ in the home. That's right. It's your, it, God gave you that responsibility. And if you fail, you've got to cause them to fail. That's what is expected of you. Sorry, but that's your job. And it's a great job to have. I'm glad. When you, especially when you overcome your anger. Oh. It's a, there's nothing. Can you imagine that as a man, 
I have the responsibility, we as men have the responsibility to represent Christ in the home. What an awesome position to be in. And then all we have to do is love him more than we love anything else or anybody else or anything else in the world. And then he will work through us. We don't even have to do the work. He will dwell in us and work through us and cause it to happen. What a great position to be in. That's why I don't understand why gay people want to be women. You know, if I was gay and want to be a woman, I'd find some kind of way to overcome this. Because it is better to be a man. Isn't that right, men? Yep. <laughs> the men are saying, yeah, real quick, because they don't want to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, it is an awesome response, a blessed, that's the word, a blessed responsibility to know that you were born a man, a male, so that you can represent your creator. Isn't that like something? And the thing about it, he has made it possible for you to do it. Not your will, but his will be done through you. You don't even have to do it yourself. All you have to do is lay down your ego, stop hating your fellow man and yourself, and he'll take over and you can live this life. What a great father we have, huh? And then the women are subject to it even if they don't like it. They'll come kicking and screaming. I don't want anybody over me. <laughs> and you'll just smile at them because you know you're over them anyway, right? <laughs> no, I don't want you over me. I want to be equal. Okay, you can be equal. But you know that it ain't working. You're not mad about it. You're not in, in, you know, you're not in contest with them. You're, you're just looking at these women going wild and acting crazy because you know the order and you're in that order. And they'll come around because they're subject to it. It may take 50 years, but they will come around. But they can't find any weakness in you because if they do, they're not going to come around. They're going to judge it. And so you can't afford, if you have seven women, you can't afford any anger. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> that reminds me, I was at my family reunion. Maybe I should say this on camera. I can say it. I was at my family reunion, and one of my nieces, who was all of a sudden like a Holy Ghost person, really into the Bible, rebuking everybody, <laughs> she got up at the family reunion just rebuking everybody. Oh, had all this white, oh, the Lord said this, and you need to be born again, and, and the way you know it, you speak in other tongues, and I rebuked this, the Peterson family, and I rebuked the spirit of alcohol, and I rebuke the spirit of drugs. And I'm thinking, this woman is nuts. <laughs> Why did this happen at my family reunion? <laughs> and all the women going, yeah, praise the Lord. At the family reunion now. Praise the Lord, right? And I'm thinking, first of all, as far as I know, there is no spirit in alcohol. Did you know that? The Christians are always rebuking the spirit of alcohol and everybody going, amen. Alcohol is just a liquid form, right? <laughs> if you don't touch it, it'll sit there and evaporate. It'll go away. <laughs> Am I wrong about this? But have you heard the Christian rebuke, rebuke the spirit of alcohol and everybody go, yeah, praise the Lord? I rebuke the spirit of drugs. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. I'm thinking, 
This is insane. The spirit is in the person that's taking the alcohol drugs, not the alcohol itself. So why are you wasting your time rebuking the alcohol? <laughs> and feeling good about it, feeling holy. Anyway, we're supposed to be talking about Jesus. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to call in 800-411-BOND, this is like an unusual church to me. 800-411-2663, or you can email church at bondinfo.org. Church at bondinfo.org. We have an a email or a phone call? Phone call. Okay. It's from Robert. From I didn't need to fire you. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you can't go so easy. <laughs> <laughs> easy. <laughs> oh. Alright. Um, this is regarding uh, Jesus in the boat with the fishermen. Yes. Do we have some power as Jesus to stop the storm, or do we just get the faith to deal with all the waves and weather the storm? Very good question. Who's that from? Robert from Indiana. Very. Do we have the faith to stop the storm, or do we have the power to deal with the storm? Right? Man, that's so perfect. That I'm going to let a holy person answer it first. <laughs> a saved person. Who do I want? Everybody all nervous now. <laughs> Don't ask me. Linnell, you're pretty safe, right? <laughs> do we have the power to stop the storm or to deal with it? Um, you know what? I, I think um, we have the power for both. For both? Yeah, because, um, you know, as far as what I read in the Bible, um, I think Jesus said we have the power to move mountains and the power to do the things that he does, you know, through faith. So I would think that we, we could be able to stop the storm. But also there's times where the storm is supposed to happen and we have the power to deal with it. What do you say, Ben? I say that we probably can't. Uh, I think the storm would stop if we couldn't deal with it at all. You know, it'll be just a little bit less than what we could deal with, I believe. Um, you said it would, it would stop. If, if you can't deal with it at all. It would just stop. It'll stop. Okay. You truly but do we have a power to stop it? Personally, we do not. We do not. God does. Okay. And when you say God does, what do you mean? The Holy Father has the power to stop the storm. I don't believe that we can. Oh, okay. Steffi, you want to respond to that? I see you jumping up and down. <laughs> I, I didn't know the answer, but Linnell was something. I remember hearing that in the Bible, that we could do everything. I remember my brother telling me one time that said, if we wanted to, we can walk through a mountain. I said, that's impossible. How could you do that? But, you doubt it, huh? Yeah. 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 You, and so you're not been able to walk through the mountains, huh? <laughs> 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 yes, sir. Alphonse. I think we have the, we can have the power. To stop the storm? To stop the storm or move mountains. Right. But I think that power comes through God, yeah. through yeah. us. Yeah. Do you have, do you ever stop in the storms? I haven't, no. Why but, not? um, haven't reached that spiritual level yet. But Are you Moses, to? Moses, Moses parted the water, right. that's an example. So I think if he can do that, then we can also, uh, through God, do something like that. Have you ever tried to stop a storm? No. Why not? 
I have never been on a boat with a storm. <laughs> Very good, man. This is a bond guy, by the way. Welcome home. You're home for a summer break? Yep. You're home for a summer break? Yes. You're home for the summer break? <laughs> Do I have to get the cross on you or what? <laughs> Are you home for summer break? I'm home for a break, yeah. <laughs> it's in the summer break. Right now it is, yeah. I can't hear you. Right now it is, yes. What does that mean right now it is, yeah? It's the summer. I'm and you going back? <laughs> <laughs> and you going back in September? I mean, uh, I think I'm, I'm thinking of transferring school, so I'm just back here for a break to find out what I'm going to do. And how long is this break? I don't know. I have to. Indefinitely. I got assessment goals. Okay. Well, I'm glad to see you, man. You're a good guy. I know you'll be fine. Really, I know that without a doubt. Don't I know that, room? You know it. I know it. He's a good guy. This is one of Bond's smartest guys. Um, Patrick, can we stop the storm, or does God... Oh, what was your question? <laughs> yeah, oh. Do, do, we have question? Or do we have the faith to deal with it? Oh, do we have the oh. faith to deal with it? I believe both. I mean, if you look at the story of Jesus, when he got out of the boat, out of his slumber, he didn't freak at that time. So he dealt with the storm because it was occurring at the moment. And then he decided he, he stopped the storm as well. So it sounds to me as if we, could, we have the power to do both. I want to ask one other person. If the Bible answer man was here, I would ask him. But since he's not, I'm going to ask Martin. Okay. Bible answer man, could I make it today? All right? Do we have the power to? To do both, yeah, to deal with both according to his will. So we just can't of ourselves go, oh, you know what, this time I think I'll stop it. Or this time I think I'll deal with it. You are dealing with it properly anyway when you do stop it. If you have the power to stop it, you are dealing with it. It's because you haven't freaked out. You, you haven't you know, uh, reacted to yeah. the threat of the storm. Um, next Sunday, if God is willing and the creek don't rise, we gotta deal with Jesus. This is such a good question that goes along with the topic we should have, you know, I thought we would be dealing with today. Anybody else want to add to that? Yes, sir. I just want to say, uh, I think I read somewhere in the Bible that it says, before you ask of something, you should go into your closet and make sure that you are okay. They can't hear you speak <clears throat> I think I, I read somewhere in the Bible that says, before you ask for something, make sure you go into your closet and make sure you're all right with God. Oh, okay. Uh, listen, can you wake up a minute and tell us and then go back to Fever? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have the power to stop it? And what was the second part of the question? Or to deal with it. <coughs> yeah, I think it's both too. I think if it's necessary, you can stop it. Kind of like what Martin was saying. Okay. Kind of like what Martin was saying. Yes, sir. Didn't you say you stopped it once? You didn't. You wanted it to stop raining when you were until you finished your job. That was too amazing. I was a little kid then. I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. But without a doubt, without a doubt, we have the power to do both. Jesus said, "Remember how the disciples were carrying on about what Jesus was doing? Like, oh, you tough. You you raised the dead. You healed the sick. You stopped the storm. You are an amazing man. Right on, right on, Jesus. Right." And Jesus said, look, why are you carrying on about me like this? Greater works can you do. 
the work that I do, you could do it, and greater works. So yes, we have the power to do it. But it's not us, but it's the power that is within us. That same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And when we live from that power, you have absolute no doubt, and you can do it. But you cannot do it with any doubt at all. You have to believe. And the only way you're going to believe, you've got to be born into the family of belief. You have to be born into Christ. He has to be in you. And when he's working through you, greater is he that's in you than he that's uh, in the world. You have the power to lay hands on the sick, to raise the dead, to do all that. But the problem is you don't have the faith. Christ said that. I didn't say it. And it's not us, but it's he who lives in us. It's him that's doing the work through us. And that's why hopefully next Sunday, I guess, whatever his will is, that we can really talk about Christ. Because I think that if you could get a better understanding about who Christ really is, it will like help you to know what you can do. You know, he's more than what you've been told that he is. Well, yeah, he's more, but also we have been taught in a way that we don't really see Christ as he really is. And that's a big problem in life, a big problem. Uh, I want to do something really fast just to prove my point so that you would say, oh, this guy is crazy. Um, and the subject matter today was to be who is Christ and what does he mean to you, I think, right? That was supposed to happen today, right? So let me just ask uh, one from each session here, uh, um, who is Christ? Who I want to go to? Who is Christ to you? Christ is... Um Speak up so they can hear Christ, you. to me, is the ultimate of love in the world. Ultimate of love. Right. Okay. Uh, let me find a holy person in this session. Richard, who is Christ? <laughs> <laughs> he said, I knew you were going to call me. I'm trying to hide. I'm hiding. And you're a Christian, right? No. You're not a Christian? No, I'm not a Christian. Oh, how about you? Yeah. Okay. And Christ is love. Go ahead. To me, Christ is, is love, <clears throat> but I, I really don't understand him that well to, to comment on it. Okay. Okay. And when did you find that out? When I put the test to you? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, one out of that session. Let me see. Baby, you're pretty holy. Who is Christ? Uh, I see him as our brother who withstood, withstood. Uh, the ultimate test, so we'd have power to live like he lived. Okay. Your brother withstood, withstood the ultimate test so that you can do what? <clears throat> so we could live like he lived, his example of patience and um, just the perfect example for us. I think uh, that's what he was. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Next to Fabian. Larice. Larice, who are Christ to you? My Messiah, my Savior. Okay. Uh, and the hat. Yes. Who is well, Christ in? He's the, the Son of God, a Messiah, a go between between God and man. Okay. Um, how about you? Teacher. Teacher. He should awaken us from this false life so we can have his life, mm -hmm. a holy life, a truly different life than this life, the, to break the chains of enslavement. 
Look at Ted all nervous, thinking I'm coming to him. <laughs> He's sweating, huh, Ted? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Christ to you, Ted? Son of God. Son of God. Okay. Who told you that? I realized it. You realize? Who told you that? I know that's what we're here to learn from him. To, uh, who told me it? No, who told I re you? I realized it. Who told you that? Told me that, that Christ was the Son of God? Yeah. Uh, well, I read it in the Bible and I believed it. Who told you? Speak up a little louder. I read it and experienced You read it and experienced it? Who told you that, baby? Oh, I've seen it in my life. You've seen it in your life? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the... Why is that rolling his eyes? <laughs> oh, I know. He always does that. <laughs> How come I haven't seen him? <laughs> um, over here, who did I ask over here? Oh, Richard, who told you that? Told me what? Oh, you said you didn't know. You don't know what Did I ask anybody else over here? No. No, I didn't. Ruth, who is he? Son of God. And who told you that? My mama. Yeah, mama. <laughs> God bless mama. Who told you that? The father revealed it to me. The father is, that sounds so cute. <laughs> the father revealed it to me. That's in the Bible too. Uh, and who told you what you said? Did I ask you? I didn't ask you, right? No, I didn't ask you. Um, I don't know, it's kind of that's the story of Abraham. Oh, yeah, that's a big job. <laughs> when he went up to son, his son, he went to, uh, you know, burn his son. And he told him, no, don't burn him, you know. He's going to be a lamb. Oh, yeah, that's real good. You writing that down? No, I'm not. No, I'm writing something else down. Don't write that one down. No, I'm not. <laughs> Let me just say, next Sunday, if it's God's will and the creek don't rise, we're going to talk about who Jesus is. Yes. So I really want you guys to go within and think about that this week. All right? It is so important that you know that. If you don't know that, you're never going to get to where you want to be. Now, everything you've said about him is true. Everything, you've, everything I've heard today about him is true, but that's not enough to get you what you're looking for. I'm telling you, it's just knowledge. It's just knowledge. And it's true knowledge. It's true about what you said about him. But there is something that is missing that is preventing you from knowing him. Really, really connecting. And so I want you to think about, even out there in the TV land, computer land, I want you to think about who is Jesus and what does he mean to you. Really, really want to know. And don't force any ideas in your head. Ask God to reveal. Ask him to show you. Ask him to let you see who he is. It's going to blow your afro off. <laughs> and if you're white and you don't have an afro, it's going to create one. <laughs> <laughs> it will create one. Uh, but you've got to know that you know. Remember in the Bible, one of the disciples said, Peter or somebody said, we got, Christ said, who, you, who do they say I am? And when he responded, Christ said, no man showed you that. You, you saw that. God showed you that. That's what I want in this particular topic next Sunday. I want God to reveal to you who he is, who Christ is. It's going to help you. It's going to set you free. It's going to blow your mind. All right?
Because you're right in everything you've said, but that don't get you there. Really. It's like 2 plus 2 is whatever it is. You just know 2 plus 2 is whatever it is. It don't get you saved. All right? So will you think about that this week? Yes. All right? Okay. I really, oh, we, out of, we have three minutes left. This is where I do my little commercial thing. Yes? Oh, okay. Um, I expected to talk about Jesus and who he is today, but we will hopefully pick up on it next week. Um, in this week to come, I, I want to invite you guys to be still and know him. God said when you pray, shut up, go into your prayer closet, and allow the truth to be revealed to you. Allow yourself to know him. And if you could just be quiet and allow yourself to know him, these answers, these questions will be answered for you. And take it from me. I'm not a smart guy. I'm not a pretender. I have to get up every morning, and I have to be still and know God every day. I have to get up and know him. I have to do this at night before going to bed because I can't trust myself, you know. And I know it's him that, uh, who allows me to see because he calms me down so that he can guide me. I have a CD on the uh, website called Be Still and Know. You can order it by going to bondinfo.org, bondinfo.org, or you can call my order line at 1-800-411-2663. 1-800-411-BOND. And get a copy of Be Still and Know. We have the seven guarantee stuff there, a whole lot of other stuff. But I really, really, really want you to learn to sit still and pray. He already understands. God is real smart. You don't have to be begging and whimping and whining. Just let go. And the more you let go, the more he will take over. Get Be Still and Know by going to bondinfo.org. If you have any questions out there in TV land about today's topic, you can email me, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, and I'll email you back. I answer all my emails, so I will email you back about today's topic. But the last thing I want to say before we end, you got to give up your ego. You have to lay down your pride. God said in order to live, you must die. And that means we have to lay down that prideful life that lives off of judging yourself and others, resenting yourself and others, overreacting to the world around you. You're giving this thing life every time you do it. You know, you have to forgive others so that God will forgive you. Then you can go free. As long as you have this anger and you're unwilling to forgive, you can read the Bible until the cows come home. You can go to church until whatever is not going to work. Help us out. Donate to our uh, church your tithe and offering by going to bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-BOND. We need your support. God bless you and thank you. And thank you guys too. Appreciate it. Thank you.